Hi, I'm Mary Lou. I am from Made by Mary Lou, and I am a maker figuring it out. Welcome to Makers Figuring It Out, a show we strive to educate, motivate, inspire makers of all skill levels, special guest makers, tips and tricks, do's and don'ts, and many things in between. I'm Steve Huber from Wolfwood Creations, and joining me again is Jacob from Made of Sunwood Art. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, can't complain. Um, I was going to tell you something before the show, and then I got sidetracked at par for the course. Yeah, so, that happens. Yeah, it happens. So before I forget it, uh, so I'm going to continue the conversation because you were there, but uh, I'll, I'll do a little backstory. Uh, was I? Doing, <laughs> you were. But I was doing, a, I'm doing a ancestry information mm-hmm. for my family. Right. And, oh, sorry, my cousin. Keep going. Sorry, my go- oh, cousin. Cousin. Usually, she doesn't usually text me. So that's why I was like, oh, what's going on? Shiny object over here. <sighs> Squirrel. Mm-hmm. No, usually when she texts me, it's something important. But uh, uh, anyway. Not this time. Yep. Not this time. But anyway, okay. speaking of cousins, um, back, getting back on to the ancestry thing, uh, mm-hmm. I was going through and a um, little known fact about me is Martin Luther, not mm-hmm. not the not the. Not the gentleman from the 60s, but the gentleman from, uh, from like the 16th, 16th century, yeah. 15th, 17th yeah, century? Not, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther the Protestant, right? Correct. It's, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was the, you know, the, the guy that started the yeah. Lutheran church. Yeah, I didn't know I knew that, did you? I did not. I'm surprised. Hmm. Um, well, wonders never cease. <laughs> yeah, you could say it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> God. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> Good. That's just, I, just, I, I made you speechless. Awesome. Yeah, just, just keep going. I'm going. So uh, Martin Luther, head of the uh, Lutheran Church, uh, uh-huh. as I was going through, I he is my 13th great grandfather. No shit. No shit. <laughs> wow. I know. I was going through. And so uh, if you remember your classical music. There's a, a a Wagner, but it's Wagner. spelled but it's spelled Wagner. Spelt spelled weird. It's spelled weird, but it's pronounced weird. One or the other. So, um, and it was right around the same century, where okay he was doing his composing, and I was like, ooh, that'd be kind of cool to be related to Wagner, and mm-hmm. I still haven't figured it out yet, but that's when I found Martin, and I was uh, like, that you're related to Martin Luther, Martin Luther King. All right, Martin Luther, Martin Luther not, King, not, not that I guy. Mean, you could be, I mean, you could be. Well, we're all related in you know one way, shape, or form. Yeah, like to you twenty know. degrees of so on and so forth. Right, pretty much. Yeah, seven degrees of Martin Luther. No, uh, twelve degrees of Kevin Bacon. I thought it was seven. No, it's like twelve or twenty or something like that. I don't know. We're I never all, played it. I, I was. I was. We are all done. connected to Kevin Bacon, right? Some way, somehow. In some way. That's just because I love bacon. So the other exciting thing is uh, I was, uh, you know, going through the ancestry thing and Uh we're getting closer to colonial times, colonial Uh America uh, before the Revolutionary War in dates. And I was, you know, and I'm, you know, checking out 
you know, birth records and things like that. And Washington came up, not General George, but Washington, the name came up. And I was mm-hmm. like, huh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. That would be kind of cool, though. But then, then of course, the, you know, my mind went, if you can't go to sleep, you got to find out because you won't be able to sleep if you can't. So, so I, not not George Washington. So I figured out that uh, he is not a he's not one of my grandfathers or great grandfathers or anything like that. But he is my second cousin, eight times removed. So pretty much what it means is we share great grandparents. Washington lost the cut eight times. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He tried to remove himself, but it didn't happen. <laughs> pretty much what I think the removal is is the generation. Yeah, you know, I, I never I never really understood removals and like how, how that works. I think removals, well, you can have a first cousin mm-hmm. or a second cousin, or is it? You can have a second cousin or a first cousin once removed. Right. They're the same thing. I would call them my second cousins, but Ancestry calls them first cousins once removed. And I think the removal is children or, you know, how many children from the head parent had Mm -hmm. is how it works. So, you know, so basically, George Washington, first president of the United States, and I share a set of grandparents. Okay. Okay. So I am related to a Washington, and he's related to a Washington, but they were pretty much mom but and dad. You're not, but mom you're not and, related to, directly. Yes. So Washington, Washington's parents, or Washington's mom or dad, had parents. So, and then they had parents. So I was there, or that's where it starts. And you weren't there. I, I know wasn't you there. weren't there. Hey, you may be I younger. Mean, I mean, I don't, I mean you I might just, have been. I don't know. I was going to say, you didn't have to go any further. So the way I understand it is, um, so George's great-grandparents had <laughs> little Washingtons. And those little Washingtons had more little Washingtons. So, George had one of those siblings as his parents. And then one of his siblings, his parents' siblings, became my grandparents. That way. So, that's how it is. So, he's a second cousin, eight times removed. And now there's like fourth and fifth and eighth cousins. And I'm like, we're just lost there because I don't know what the hell they are. But I just thought that was kind of cool. So I'm, I'm uh, related to George Washington, General George Washington, General uh, President, President, President General George Washington, and uh, Martin Luther. So who else can I find? But I am definitely from Europe, <laughs> and there's a little bit of, believe it or not, North African, and a little bit of West, uh, Eastern Asia. Uh, the Jerusalem, that area. So pretty Middle much East. Yeah, Middle Eastern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much kind of surrounding the Mediterranean. Ah, okay. So you can actually like you can actually understand how it all works. 
Yeah, I can. Nice. But well, I, that's that's cool. Yeah, I asked my aunt how my grandparents met. And she goes, you know, I don't know because my grandfather was from West Virginia, and my grandmother was from here, and the only thing we can think of because he wasn't a, a coal miner. Uh huh. So he might have came up on the train for train workers or something like that, and he was a hoe. He was a hoe. Strolling the railroads for a piece of ass. Yeah, well, he did have uh, many, many children. He had six children, and his parents had thirteen. Or he had he had fifteen brothers and sisters. I just found out that he had a stepmother too. All right, let's see. Survey says yes. Judges, I all right. Ho, manho. Yep, manho. (laughs) Manho. If you knew the (laughs) you knew the guy, you would be going. Yeah, that ain't that. Uh, that doesn't describe him at all. But anyway, so so that was my week, sort of. I uh, we did start. I've been posting a little bit more on Instagram, so you guys have started to see some uh, progress in the basement. You have, and I I've seen that. And I'm glad. Uh, I think the last thing I saw, you had just plugged the hole with the center block. Yeah, that was the last yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. we've gotten further than that. Um, it's just basically I took those back when I started it. And now the now the pictures you're seeing, you know, with all the stuff up on the wall, that's happening uh, now. But the, that video was from um, March, somewhere around there. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, but it still kind of shows the progression of the downstairs. So, oh, good. I'm glad that you're making headway. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, we were supposed to do it today. Then my cousins couldn't come over for some reason. I'm just like, ask her it. Oh, they were right. going to come over, but my one cousin was sick. Well, me working her to death. <laughs> so, uh, I, I saw that you've been in the shop this week. So, what's been going on with you, man? Yeah, man. I've been, uh, I've been having some really productive days the last couple of days. Uh, yesterday, I knocked out a knife sheath, a knife guard, saya, whatever way you want to call it. So, I did that for my own personal knife as like a proof of concept. I haven't done one out of a well, quote-unquote solid piece of wood. So I had a piece of cherry, uh, sawed it in half, and then carved out the middle. I left one, one, one side flat, and then I carved out a recess in the other half and then glued them together, laminated them together, and then you know cut out this really cool, very angular kind of buster sword, Final Fantasy Seven Clouds buster sword-ish shape. Um, if you're not familiar with that, I don't blame you. It's very uh, more uh, my era, my age group kind of thing. So if you're a gamer, you know what it is. And I know Jerry and he listens and he uh, he got it. He got it in like one shot. So because um, I just like that kind of design. I wanted I was kind of going for uh, I wanted it to look like a different weapon while the knife was sheathed. So I wanted to still like kind of look like a weapon and kind of look um uh, like something else while it was, you know, still protected. And then when you take it out, it's kind of, it, you know, reveals the profile of the actual knife. Um, so should yeah, have, I did that. Should have, made that the sheaf, a, should have made the sheaf like, um, uh, like the middle Eastern with their big, uh, you know, the ones that oh, are all curved. Oh, like the, uh, scimitars. Yeah. You should have made it like that. And then you just pull out this little knife. That'd be that would be pretty funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, that's a pretty good idea, actually. You're like, whoa, that's a big knife, and you're like, 
But uh, so I did that as a proof of concept because uh, someone I work with commissioned me to do a knife guard for one of, well, actually two of their knives, but I'm, I have the first one now. So I wanted to kind of test out a couple processes first before I actually got into his knife. So that was really cool. Uh, I did that, uh, was doing some more work on some boards for the restaurant, got some good headway on that. And I was working on our raise the bar challenge, my entry into the raise the bar challenge and got really far in that. Tomorrow I'm going to go into the shop in the morning and then hopefully make some last final detail adjustments and uh, some final touches on there. And it should be pretty boss once it's done. I know you've seen a few of the pictures and the uh, videos that I've been posting up and I'm really happy with how one, how quickly it's coming together and two, the amount of detail that I'm getting in it and how good it's looking so far. Sweet. So, so if you, if you haven't been able to guess so far, we don't have a guess. We don't, I have, we have a guest. Oh, we have a guest, but I have I mean, to, inter I have to introduce this guest of ours. Oh, well, it's not, it's, well, it's, it's not official until I actually, uh, you know, introduce them. Well, uh, please do. Don't let me stop you. Well, but there was something that I wanted to do before that. Oh, I know what I wanted to do before that. I'm, getting there. I'm getting there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here we go. All right. So uh, you and I actually like to watch our look at our statistics from uh, the supplier. From time to time. From time to time, like pretty much every day, every four hours. So uh, I wanted to take this extra time to uh, give a shout out to our listeners from the great country of Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Norway, Germany, New Zealand, Sweden, Denmark, Japan, Finland, India, Russia, Indonesia. I think that uh, I think those are all with the one percenters. Everybody else nice. is kind of so. I just give it a shout out to our. Uh, we are uh, international now. Indeed. So, so, but the people that listen to us the most are Canada, UK, Australia, and believe it or not, Norway. Norway. Hmm. Norway. And don't forget, we were number one in Finland for a whole week. For, yeah, for a whole week. I think we're 60 right now. I don't know. But hey, I mean, nothing last right. But hey, we're still up there. We're still ranked. Hey, we were number one in Finland. Like, we're, we're still ranked higher in Finland than everyone else that's not. Yeah, pretty much, you know. I didn't see any of our friends in Finland. Exactly. Although they're probably there. We just some, couldn't. Some we just didn't know where there. to look. Someone, someone's there. <laughs> yeah. All right. But. So I'm going to let you know who our guest is tonight. So uh, our guest hails from the sunny state of Florida, who is a transplant to Louisiana. Don't don't go there yet. Um, he's a chef by day. And a maker by evening he has a pet hedgehog named wilson winston winston thank you winston and um oh he is of uh hispanic heritage and his hair is from italian heritage no no mexican man i thought it was, i said the I, hair I said yeah, the hair. I'm nowhere Italian. Man, your hair I looks Italian. No, uh, no, it's not. I don't care, but your hair is Italian. Whatever. 
So, yeah, Jacob's our uh, guest for this evening. Welcome, Jacob. No, I didn't. That was great. It was awesome. (laughs) So, welcome to the show. You've never been here before, have you, sir? Why, no. I've never done this before in my life. Whatever whatever do we do on these things? Uh, We learn about stuff. And tonight, we're going to learn a little bit about what Jacob does for a living, besides the making. Because cooking is making. You have to make food. You have to make it good. You got to make it tasty. You got to make it right. So There's I mean, a, lot of, a lot of steps, a lot of processes and techniques that go into it. Yep. So, I mean, how would you compare it to, you know, what we would consider making? I would com- compare it pretty, pretty evenly. There's a lot of problem solving, a lot of time that goes into developing skills and techniques, um, proficiency, uh, always learn something new. Like it seems like, you know, a product will want to do one thing one way one day, and then it'll be at completely different another day and you, it'll screw up and you'll have no idea why it just wants to do wacky shit. And then the next day it'll be back to normal. And so in a lot of ways, it's, it's very much similar working with food versus other materials because sometimes shit just happens. Well, you know, the one thing that, you know, a lot of food and woodworking have in common. Mm-hmm. They were both alive at one time. True. This is true. See, I, you see how some, I, people ask me what I do. I say I cook formerly living things. Yeah, pretty much. Thank God you don't do the uh, former living things on the side of the road. <laughs> you know, we kill them. You, you. Who says I don't? Yeah, that's true. Was it you? No, that's uh, that's when somebody calls up and they get the wrong number, and you're like, uh, "Joe's uh, bar grill, or roadside Joe, grill, no yeah. roadside no, roadkill special, roadkill special, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, you're like uh, Steve's uh, mortuary. You stab him, we slap him. <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah so yeah, or um, roadside bill. That's right, oh, roadside grill. You kill him, we grill him. Uh, but yes, I would say that cooking and making, uh, well, cooking falls into making and cooking um, can f- has a lot of similarities with a lot of the rest of the making community, for sure. Right. I mean, it just, we just don't, I mean, basically, we really belong to a mainly woodworking community. And, I would say uh, woodworking is the vast majority of it. It's a it's like the gateway making it's the most easily accessible wood is extremely forgiving material it's very accessible again it's a very accessible medium and you know you everyone the grandfather has like some kind of woodworking tool some kind of means to be able to shape this thing um metal a little bit more difficult to get into wood uh, epoxy is getting way easier to get into and so it was like 3d printing and then cncs and stuff like that um but yeah i would say wood is a very easy medium to get into but then again so is food you know as by and large the most that you need is just like a block of wood a sharp knife and then some usually just kind of dead animal <laughs> some kind of dead animal dead vegetable like in the stove the oven and the pots and pans that you probably already have in your kitchen, in your house or apartment or wherever you're at. 
and it's just like it's just like making you can have your workshop or your kitchen as elaborate or as simple as you want indeed and you can get uh, you can go so far down the rabbit hole with the amount of equipment that you can get you can get like start getting like really high-end blenders juicers robo coops which is a food processor you can get like pasta makers you can get you know a waffle maker all, all these different uh different attachments and equipment and you know machines to do all sorts of crazy things that if you really truly wanted to go down that rabbit hole trust me it's a very deep and expensive hole it's kind of like golfing yeah truthfully like anything pretty much you know um yeah, so as you were talking about um, all that stuff, I was just thinking here of a, it's a question about egg timers. You know how they say, you know, the egg timers last two minutes and it's a two uh-huh. minute. What the hell is a two minute egg? Does it actually take two minutes? I mean, <laughs> depends on what kind of egg you want. If you want like a quick scrambled egg, yeah, sure. I can do that in like a minute with a hot pan already ready to go, but. You know, I mean, props to every short order cook that's ever been in the world because that's a skill, that's a speed skill set and technique that it takes a lot. You know, you have to be so on point and fast and just you have to nail every order like as it comes out, as it comes in and as it goes out, you cannot mess up. Because yeah. you have to be that fast because you get slammed. I did, I'm like, I staged at a place that I had to do that, and it was like balls to the wall right from jump. And there's other issues with that place, is why I didn't work at that place. But, like, by <laughs> and large, um, that you have to be so fast, like, faster than like I, there are people that do that are way faster than I am. And don't get me wrong, I'm no slouch, but. You have to be like lightning fast to be able to be a short order cook. <clears throat> but yeah, like it depends on what kind of egg that you want. Like, <laughs> but truthfully, like a two minute egg doesn't exist. Four to five, yeah, no problem. Okay. So since we're on eggs, I, I'm just curious about this because I have screwed this up many times. Mm-hmm. Boiled eggs. What about them? Do you put, um, vinegar in with the water or do you just put salt in with the water like a poached egg no no no. just trying to get hard-boiled eggs you don't put anything at all i mean salt maybe if you want the water to boil faster but if i was doing a poached egg i would put vinegar to acidulate the water so it coagulates the egg white um but like a standard hard-boiled egg you don't have to put anything at all just boil the water see i've also heard that if you put vinegar in with the water it supposedly makes it make the shelling easier. Does nothing whatsoever because the, the vinegar doesn't penetrate the shell. Well, the only thing I know the vinegar is it's an acid. So, I mean, it, vinegar will eat an eggshell. Over how long? I don't know. I'm just saying it's an acid. But the yeah, thing about uh, it is, but the thing about it is when I was thinking about this, I was thinking back to basic chemistry and, you know, some of my time in the environmental business. And they used to say, and it's a joke, it's not the truth, but it used to happen. Uh, dilution is the solution to pollution. So <laughs> can you imagine how much vinegar you'd have to put in that boiling exactly. water for you'd it to actually to bo- help? 
for for it to actually penetrate the shell, you'd have to just boil it in straight vinegar. Yeah, because the amount that you would add, like the amount that you add just to like water for a poached egg, is only like maybe like two tablespoons, maybe three. And that's just, it's only just slightly because the water is really doing most of the work. You don't even have to really put vinegar in it. People do it without vinegar all day long. <clears throat> and the heat is what cooks the egg white. It's just that kind of help. The acidity helps it along just that touch bit faster. Um, so yeah, vinegar does nothing to help a uh, horrible day cook or shell easier because it's diluted so much it doesn't penetrate the shell anything for it to make make it worth it it'll probably bring up the ph just a little bit but not again nothing to where it's it'll, ever going to matter it'll drop the p ever. sorry it won't raise it it'll drop the ph my bad anyway yeah but again won't won't do a goddamn thing if you're listening to this and you put vinegar in your water to hard boiled eggs because you think then it makes them peel better you are wrong it does nothing stop doing it save your vinegar for something else now, what will help, if you want what will help, after you take your hard-boiled egg out, put it into ice water. Water. I heard about that, and I did that when I made mine. It, and it's not just water, ice water, because it shocks it. The shell will stay the same you know, size because it's cal- basically calcium. It doesn't move. Um, but the inside of the egg, the egg white and the yolk will contract because it's it's cooling um, colder it's cooling and it's getting sh- uh, shocked by the cold water so the temperature difference it'll actually peel away from the egg shell and make it that will make it easier to peel hmm, look at that so tips, that tips see tips and tricks exactly tips and tricks so like a lot of cooking is chemistry and physics for the most part i would say that's what um, i learned so, from alton brown i yes, love i love his show I love his show too. I, well, Brown I love I love his it. show. I wish he would. I mean, he he moved on to bigger, yeah. better things, but he was. Uh, the, yeah. but he, he put he science. Did he bring? Yeah, he brought know, it back he, for yeah. a little bit. He brought it back, yeah. And but yeah, exactly like you said. That's one of the reasons. Like he's one of the first guys that I ever watched when I was first starting, uh, first learning how to cook. Um, he is an amazing scientist, amazing person. He has so much knowledge in what he's talking about and really breaks it down in a simple way so that you can really understand the science behind what's going on and why we do what we do in certain practices, like, you know, with the egg and like with, uh, different meats and stuff like that. I love Alton Brown. I love everything that he does and like the amount of, intelligence and knowledge that he puts behind the food and the steps and processes and techniques he if you want to learn anything just go through every episode of good eats if there's a something that you want to make look up the good eats episode you will understand exactly why things need to happen the way they need to happen yep i loved his show um it's the one that i've actually gone back to several times is his show about knives really you know yeah, how to hold the knife, what the different parts of the knife are. Um, mm-hmm. If you're supposedly, if you're bringing the knife off of the cutting board when you're cutting vegetables, you're doing it wrong. If you're pulling a, you know, pulling, doing a pull knife, not a, mm-hmm. uh, what, do you, what do you call that one that's rectangular? Um, uh, cleaver. A nick- cleaver or a, a nick- well, it de- 
Well, see, this is a whole other rabbit hole we can get into. Okay, for the normal person, it's called a cleaver, right? Like the rectangular one, like yeah. a Chinese chef knife is yeah. the rectangular one that's used for chopping vegetables. For like, right. if you're chopping meat, the big heavy one, that's a cleaver. Mm-hmm. So there is there's a difference. Like you wouldn't use like this, um, the rectangular like Chinese chef knife, which is going to be thinner, right? Thin like regular chef knife, regular blade, and with like just as sharp as sharp of an edge. Um, uh-huh. You wouldn't want to use that. You would not want to use that to cut into bone or break down meat because it's not as strong. The blade edge is not thick enough to be able to. And it doesn't have the mass to be able to cut through the bone. That's why you have a cleaver. A cleaver will generally be between like a quarter of an inch or three quarters of an inch thick in the spine and then taper down to like about a 30 degree blade angle, uh, blade edge. Right. And it's going to have like that traditional like hole in the top, um, the the eye that's in the top of the the blade like at the top of the spine and it's going to be heavy enough to and the reason why it has that heft to it is so when you're dropping it down it has enough weight and momentum to break through bone to you know break through the bone so you can break down right all that all that forces uh all that forces apply to one thin line exactly so that you can have a nice clean cut right so or you use a bandsaw like other, like you know, a bandsaw. Yes, because every kitchen has a bandsaw just ready there. To I know. I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, my my kitchen is also my workshop. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how smelly that band would be and the saw would be? Well, I mean, think of like a butcher's, you know, a butcher's shop. Yeah, you know, but I mean, have, they're they, not they going out. That band- but they, but the difference is they have theirs at like you know, a refrigerated temperatures almost at all times. So there's no should be no smell and they clean you know that plate consistently. Right, and they pretty much probably don't go to Home Depot to get their bandsaw. Probably not. I I would hope not. You know, I mean, or I, or then again, maybe they do. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's a different skill set that I don't have. You know the skill set that I don't have going back to eggs. Is and this is the one thing that has always amazed me, is how chefs and uh, and some other people can mm. actually hold an egg in their hand, knock it on the counter, it'll crack, and then they open it up in all one hand. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm the one who will. I try that, and then I smash the egg in, and you just go wham, and like, oh, where'd they go? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, oh man, I got it out of the shell. It's now it's all over the cabinet. But I mean, I've tapped it on the side and, you know, popped it open like you're, you know, peeling up. Yeah, it's just, uh, it just takes practice. Like I did it like a few times growing up, like growing up when I was learning, like with the edge, like the back of a, like a butter knife. And that just never worked for me. I'm like, honestly, I, I picked up just tapping it on the, the top of a table or countertop fairly quickly. Um, it just made made sense to me, and there's a reason why we do it that way too. Also, um, you not- tap it on you tap it on a flat surface so that you don't push the eggshell into the yolk and break the yolk. So you tap it on a flat surface to depress the eggshell, and then with your fingers and slight force from your hand, you just break it apart 
and separate the two halves of the shell, and then out comes the the yolk and the egg white or the albumin. Ooh, albumin. I do remember that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That's the actually that's where the that's, protein. That's, is. that's the white of the shell. That's the whites. That's that's the white. Yeah, that's your uh, vocabulary word of the day. And it's from when the uh, egg is fertilized. That's actually what the growing embryo feeds on. Yes. And they don't, we won't get into that kind of the vegans. Yeah, out, exactly. The vegans yeah, out there would be like, oh, screw this show. We're done. Yeah. This is a culinary show, not a biology show. Yeah. <laughs> thought it was a kind of making show, woodworking kind of show, but that too. Oh, okay. But you know, it's, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things and re- things that you wouldn't really think about. Like they just seem so small and insignificant and slight that you wouldn't reason wouldn't think that there's like an actual reason behind that but there's a lot of actual purpose that goes into a lot of the small nuances and techniques that we do i bet there are because i mean i i mean i've tried i mean well actually the the reason i am this way is uh, people kept telling me like dude why don't you cook at home and i said well most of the time this is what happened when i cooked at home I ate my own food, and I was a good cook. <laughs> or, well, everyone, everyone or, assumes that I cook at home, too, and I very rarely cook at home. Well, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I can understand being a proctologist. No, not a proctologist. That's the wrong, wrong end. Oh, oh yeah. Let's let's go to that analogy. <laughs> let's not go to that one. A uh, gynecologist, you know. If I see one more. <laughs> yeah, or, or even like, uh, it's, it's funny enough, I was talking about this with the guys in the makerspace today. You know, uh, one of the guys, Jackson, he's a, you know, fine. Uh, he makes furniture for a living. So that's uh, so like, so let's, let's say Jackson, for example, he like, say he makes furniture for like 10, 12 hours a day and then goes home. What's the last thing that he's going to want to do? And he chimed in with like build furniture. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I cook uh, like I'm at work cooking and doing all sorts of stuff for like 10 to 12, sometimes 14 hours a day. The last thing I want to do a lot of times is cook. Me and ramen are still very good friends, instant ramen. Um, and actually, I'm very lucky that my, my girlfriend, she does the majority of the cooking at home. So <clears throat> every now and again, much to my chagrin, and I need to, I do need to do better with this about actually cooking and applying my skill set and in the home space and, you know, making nice meals for her. But I do do it occasionally. Uh, not as often as I should, though. That brings me to another. It just popped in my head as a question. So um, I used to. I think I told it on the show before. I used to run sound for um, bands and things like that, and I was also a DJ. And uh, a buddy of mine said that you will never be able to listen to live music again and enjoy it. And I said, "Why?" He goes. Because now you're going to go, man, that guy needs to turn this up a little bit, or you should, you know, bring the highs a little bit, you know, higher and, and you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And he, and I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We went to go see a live band and it is true. I was just like, dude, that's this thing. This guy sounds horrible. Blah, blah, blah. I'd be doing it. And I'm like, oh shit. I can't enjoy your yep. shit anymore. So have you run into friends, relatives, girlfriends, exes? Mm that you're sitting there and they're making you they're doing something in the kitchen and you just kind of go 
okay shut up i can't say it because you're doing it wrong <laughs> i'm critical always but like um i'm polite enough to not say it sometimes and and then but i say that but like also by and large like when i'm going out to eat i'm usually like the easiest person in the world to please because I understand the amount of work that goes into a lot of it. And it doesn't have to be like world-class. If it's like, if it's good, you know, I enjoy it. If it's great, I, I really enjoy that. If it's okay, if I'm, you know, if I'm not in a bad mood or if like, if it's not like, like supremely overpriced, I don't really care. Unless it's like terribly bad or like an extreme faux pas, like something like undercooked chicken or something like that. Oh. Yeah, then then I I have an issue, and then I kind of like throw out all the guns and like, hey, I'm a sous chef at this place, and this this is unacceptable. And like, unless they like they truly piss me off, uh, I usually don't pull out all the guns. They, no one usually knows I'm a chef until like it's actually brought up. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't like to leave with that. Like, hey, I'm a chef. I'm here to eat. Like, no, that's very pretentious in my book. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I couldn't. I mean, I could be, you know, to me, mm -hmm. depending on where you go, there's a level of a of service and food preparation you should expect. Right. Yeah. You know, if you're going to McDonald's, you're not going to get a great presentation. Mm -hmm. or burger king or any of the other fast food joints uh well, if, that, you, if you go well, for to, that you're you're gonna get consistent the thing about those places is just consistency really right consistently crappy service got it <laughs> actually i do have to say i, I will give uh, if there are any locals listening i will i will give our local burger king some props uh they're always very polite and very nice at uh the uh at the drive-thru so thanks guys appreciate that but and so you go from let you know Burger King McDonald's to uh, a, a diner, and I'm not talking the, the the most famous diner. I'm talking like a local diner. Yeah. You expect a level of kind of home cooking for that, mm -hmm. um, and then you maybe go to a, you know a one star. I don't know what a one star restaurant is, but pretty pretty crappy from what I know. But let's say you go to like a three star, and then you go to a four, and then a five, and and there's levels of expected yeah yeah that you have... a certain... yes exactly there's a certain level of expectation that you go when you go go to certain places like for example like the diner that you said if i go to a diner like a local diner yeah i'm not expecting like five star plating like my eggs are going to be like elevated on top of two english muffins with that sprig of rosemary and the sauce drizzled around like such a way no it's going to be on one plate flat side by side but it's going to be well seasoned it's going to be cooked the way that i want it and it's going to be hot that's all i'm expecting there that that is that is it that is the expectation that is the bar and that's all i need it to reach right so versus like the four-star restaurant that you're saying with four so what would you consider olive garden um red lobster would you consider those three star two star no star yeah. Yeah, three uh three star I three star like chain restaurants are they're like okay. It's the same thing for me as like fast food restaurant. The main thing there is consistency. I want my food, I want it right and I want it hot. Like you get it there, it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be the same way that you get it like in Pennsylvania 
as you would get it here in Louisiana, it's all going to be the exact same because that's what they pride themselves on. That no matter where in this country, in the world, whatever chain that you're going to, no matter where you go, it is going to be exactly the same way, the way that you like it, because that's the way that we do it. That's what they pride themselves in. And truthfully, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's a thing to be said about consistency and that's why those businesses are doing well and they still are profitable. Um, so yeah, I would say that nothing wrong with that. It's like you just want something that you know you're going to get get right or get at least somewhat right that you know that you can eat. Go to those restaurants. Not knocking them. They have their place. The people that work there are you know hardworking just as much as anybody else and need their jobs uh, and have a level of pride in their work as well. So not did, knocking those. Yeah. Did you know that um, the first pretty much chain restaurant was McDonald's? And that was their idea of keeping the same quality food consistency. If I mean, I think it started in California somewhere. So if you went down to San Diego, it was exactly the same as it was in San Bernardino or whatever. And people right. actually said, nobody's going to want that. <laughs> he said, nobody's going to want that. They want, you know, good meals and they don't want to stay want to eat the same thing over and over again. But that's when the, highway started to come into play and that's why yeah. you see all the rest of those fast food restaurants because you're driving i mean how many men pride themselves uh, <laughs> we, we only made one stop and we went 25 hours yeah, you get know? in get out that's you know it. just and and look like i'm not saying that i'm i don't eat fast food i try not to but like um Five guys. I I consider that like fast food, but like on a higher level because uh, it's not like drive through or anything like that. Kind of like Panera. Guys, same, same like thing. Panera. Exactly. Yeah. For like, but like, I love Five Guys. I love it because like it's gonna be the same, well done, all meat, all beef patty that I can get anywhere, and I get it the exact same way. And I know like it's gonna be cooked the exact same way. I'm gonna get the same good fry, exactly the same good hot fries with that extra scoop in the bag and it's going to taste wonderful every single time. Cause I love five guys. Kinda like <laughs> I have no secrets in that. Kind of like steak and shake. Exactly. Same, same thing. To me, that's a higher level of, uh, that's the kind you take home and put on plates. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, what it, and you said I, it, I, I, you know, I, will, I will devour some five guy burgers. Like seriously, I love like them. Um, there's probably a few others there, but like they're escaping me at the moment. At back home, they have a uh, like a drive-through restaurant. It's called Checkers. It's called Rallies and other places too. Oh we, man, that place is just people are. I've never eaten there, but they're nuts for it. It's called it's called Rallies down here in Louisiana. Um, but yeah, I love them. I love their spicy chicken sandwich. That's a drive-through one too. But still, like I will I'll go up there and tear up some Checkers all day long. Because I, I love it. I don't I don't really know why. I like, but actually, I know why. Because like, I always went there and like, I always associated it with good memories. I think that's why. Um, but another level, thing McDonald's did le- level of consistency there that you know people can always count on. You're always going to get the same spicy chicken sandwich. 
and I love this spicy chicken sandwich. But anyways, so moving on to like, you know, you know, the four and five star restaurants. Yes, there's a level of ex- expectation of service and food quality that you expect there as well. Uh, there's a price tag that comes with that. But like you expect that with that price tag comes like impeccable service, like you will never run out of a drink, you will never run out of water, you will have some kind like a certain type of ambiance, the food quality will be like blow your mind quality. You know, it'll be like the thing that you can always rave about and never be just like, meh. Okay. You know? So why uh, in a, is this thing a myth or is this truth that hmm. you, you see it on TV? Somebody, you go to a, a, a upscale restaurant, you know, four star, or five star, and they bring out your entree, which is this really small piece of meat in the middle with two like tea leaves on the side and then mm-hmm. this sauce drizzled around the outside and that's your you know that's your dinner is that i've never been to a five star so but i'm assuming you have and uh is that actual truth or is that just making things up all right so this is a two-part answer okay <laughs> so it's true yes and no I'll answer the no part first. The no part because, well, let me, a little bit of backstory. When you say five star, uh, that really depends on the region and place that you're at. And you have to separate five star from like Michelin star. And usually what comes with that, there's like one, two, three, uh, three Michelin star restaurants. And usually what they do there is like really large scale tasting menus. And the idea behind that is like you're tasting like between like 10 to 20 different items or dishes. And they're very small, but that's because you have such a large amount to get through. They have to be small. And so that's usually where like the idea, this concept of like I spent like five-star high grandeur restaurant very small portion comes i paid five hundred dollars for that steak exactly and it's so i could see that now see i didn't know those existed yeah so that's usually what these restaurants do and it's because you're paying for these amount of dishes the product itself which could be like because usually they deal with very high quality items and even at that portion size for the amount that you're getting over they're very expensive. Like they cost a shit ton of money to get. And you're also paying for the experience. So it's not just the food, but like the ambiance of the restaurant, maybe like the view of where they're set and like um, the beverage program there, uh, the service itself, you know, maybe like the music or some other special touches that uh, the chef, the restaurant owner, uh, the sommelier, whoever, um, put into this restaurant. So that's where all that price tag comes into. Now, normally for like what I would say, quote unquote, a normal high end restaurant, you're not going to get like a two ounce piece of steak. You're going to get like your 10 to 12 ounce steak for your price tag. You will pay a pretty penny for it, but usually it's, you know, you have your steak, your sides and everything else that comes for it. And if they're a good restaurant, they will make sure that it's properly seasoned. It is cooked exactly the way that you want it. And everything else is seasoned properly and goes incredibly well with it. That was a mouthful, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That was, 
because okay. but but that's, well, that's the thing is that like like you said people had this idea and it's true and it's not true so you have to kind of understand where the differences are and it's honestly about researching the the restaurant and if it's like a high profile chef that's doing all this you have to understand what you're getting yourself into usually they explain like this is an experience it's a tasting menu and this is what to expect but you have to know what to expect going into the meal to be able to get the most out of it. I got you. See, I always thought that, you know, those big high, you know, like you can't get a steak in there. But that kind of brings me to another question. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't, I really don't know the difference, but we, well, we've already discussed it. But so let's say uh, the, the only, the most upscale, I guess you could call it a chain restaurant. But to me, mm-hmm. I think it's upscale, and people will come from hundreds of miles to go eat it. it is uh, was it Chris Ruth Steakhouse? R- Ruth, Chris, Ruth Chris. Yeah. Right. We had one in Hawaii, and I never made it there. Uh, but it's supposed to be a very expensive place for it is. food, and, and, and they're supposed to have good food. So, yeah. is the cut of beef that they get? any different than the cut of beef let's say red lobster gets yes okay. that i would say that i would say yes just because for the bottom line dollar that red lobster is wanting to pay and the profit that they want to get red lobster is going to buy the absolute cheapest cut that they can get to be able to make maximize the profit so the versus- best the best of the cheapest cuts they can get to yeah, now, I'm not saying that they're going to get like absolute crap because I've never worked at Red Lobster. I don't know their practices, so I won't speak on that. But for Ruth Chris, they're going to try and get the best that they can, too. But um, Ruth Chris is also a chain as well, and they're worried about their bottom bottom dollars. Well, every as, every restaurant uh, is every, so. every, every restaurant as well. Like I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about like the uh, the restaurant that I'm at. Um, we, quoting the executive chef there, we buy the most ex- high. We buy the most high quality items that we can afford. Is his words. So what that means is that we try to buy the best possible quality product that we can afford for our budget, to so that we can have good quality product and still make a profit. Now that that product is a little bit higher, yes, we will charge more. More than likely, people will still buy it. And we won't have quite as much profit on it, but we will, if it's a good seller, you know, we'll keep it on and we'll keep buying that product um, because. It's and then the more it sells, the cheaper you could sell it for, because it's making more money. You buy it in bulk and negative. No, no, we, we sell it for at that price. Either we might even raise the price because you see that there's demand and we want to maximize the amount of profit that we can get for it. We will never, you will never see a price reduction unless it's like a special and we're trying to run out something because um, it's, it's about to expire. All, yeah. It's almost up on time or we just have a shit ton of it. And we really want to cut down the amount that we have. Um, I was never, like, dude, don't never, never increase your price. You scared but, the shit out of me, man. You have that, but, uh, you have your knife in your hand and you held it up to your eye. And I was like, ah, don't do uh, I'm good. <laughs> You scared the shit. Yeah, you scared the shit. I mean, okay. it's okay, man. I'm just fidgeting. Yeah, I but can see that. I, anyway. I know what that means. Anyways, that mean- um, but yeah. So no, there's 
and I'm not saying that Ruth Chris, in my opinion, doesn't like buy like the top, top brand of steaks that's in the country. I won't even say in the world because they don't import a lot of their steaks, but they don't even buy like the type, the top steaks that you can get in this country. And they sell it for extremely expensive prices, which I wouldn't pay for their, for what they, for what they give. No. Uh, and I think certain places they also charge for size. Like this is place Desi Vegas that's over here. You have to pay for the steak and the side separately. And don't get me wrong, really good steak, really good food. And I actually really enjoyed my time there. But like, unless it's like special occasion and we're really feeling ourselves, we, I wouldn't go there on a daily basis. Well, to me, I'll take you, can, if you can afford to go play those places on a daily basis. If you, if you can, more power to you. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I can't afford to go to those places. I'm just a lowly, you know, retired military guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, uh, no, we weren't speaking of anything. I don't have a segue. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think of one. Uh, trying to think of a segue. I, but there wasn't any, so I'll just let you guys know that there is a Linktree account. Right? Linktree? Not LinkedIn, right? There's a Linktree. Linktree, yes. Very yes. good. There's a Linktree account out there. Um, and if you want to go check that out, please do. Uh, and you can buy uh, one of our cool concert shirts there. Uh, mention uh, code MFIO. And uh, we'll give you, I think, 10% off of that one. Or is it free shipping? I think it's free shipping. 10% off, I think. Did I change it? You're going to get something off. Uh, You'll get something. You'll either get free shipping or 10% off. Uh, But yeah, so go check that out. Uh, And uh, so uh, we're just going to be going to take a little quick break here because Jacob's fidgeting and I don't want to cut himself. And that Hmm. usually means he has to go uh, use the little boy's room. Jesus Christ, man! You make it sound like I'm like I'm well, nuts. Well, you are, but uh, hey, I, I, mean, I know. Yeah, but like, I notice these things. You start getting fidgety. And you're like, oh, it's time to, dude. We need to take a break. Let's go. So uh, we're gonna take a break, and we shall return after these messages. Lovey, where are you? I'm in here. What are you doing in here? Trying to learn how to paint. Why is that? Well, my therapist said that painting supposed to calm me down from being all mad and everything. I need ten teeth. Get in there. Yes, Lord Perfidious. Where is that report I asked for an hour ago? I'll go get it. You better, or you know what'll happen. Now, what are you saying, dear? Well, let me see what you have. There you go. What do you think? Maybe we should find you a different hobby. Why did you pick painting? Because my therapist said this place is so dark and dreary that it needed some color. So I figured I'd paint it myself. No, dear. You need to go to Instagram and look up to get a creative board gallery. There you will find Bob Ross inspired paintings that'll look great in any room on the Death Star. Oh, where can I find her again? We suck at that. I, and we suck. You suck. I, I was clapping, and then I wait for you to go. And nah. Anyways, <laughs> should I? Uh, oh, oh, I'm 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 bringing this back in. And we're and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Hey, are we back? Yeah, yeah, we're back. We can never figure Sorry. out who wants to bring us back. I hey, we're back. 
Okay, so I have, uh, continuing on, I actually wrote down questions. Oh, good, good. But before we do that. Oh, yeah, we got other things to do, don't we? Yeah, we got a couple other things that we need to hit on. We need to hit on our wonderful sponsors, Marion Ward and Vincent Ferrari. Sponsor us here on Anchor. And then we got Jeff, a.k.a. A Weird Guy Stein, Tony Langer from Langer Works, and David from First Do Woodworks, who all sponsor us on Buy Me a Coffee. Thank you all so much. You guys help make this show possible. And if you want to help us help sponsor us on either one of those, uh, you can find a link in the show notes or on the Instagram page, a link tree uh, link is there as well. That leads straight to all of those accounts as well. And you could also follow it to our Teespring account where you can get a shirt that says you can get, get hashtag laid. And uh, what was the other one? Said, I'm not, and the concert shirt. Yeah. Yep. I actually, uh, Oh, just a side note. I uh-huh. did remake the get laid shirt. Because I thought it would be cooler to have it in, on your front. And then on the back has our logo. Yeah, so cool. uh, been redesigned. Redesigned logo so you, people can actually ask you what the hell is Kit Lathe. Nice. So go get our new really des- newly designed re- re- redesigned newly t-shirt. Newly redesigned, over- yeah. Uh, yeah, some shit. Is it, is it still Teespring or is it Spring? Spring, I sorry. Think- Spring.com. Yeah, spring.com. Spring. Don't forget com. us on Linktree and LinkedIn. And, uh, yep. No, not on no, LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn? Not LinkedIn. No, well, t- people have told us we should go on to LinkedIn also. Oh, that's if you own should, a business. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll, we, I have a I have a professional account on there. It's for, you know, my culinary and chef and stuff I like that. I have one for my environmental science thing. And, well, you see how well that's working. Yeah. Because so many people are on LinkedIn. Anyways. So we have all those, but moving on to more interesting things, we have our raise the bar challenge. This is going on until uh, the 31st. So the date we're recording this is on the 14th when this releases on the 20. No, actually it's releasing this Friday, right? Releasing Friday. So on the 16th, this releases, you will still have 14 days, two weeks to be able to get your project to us. We have two already. I'm working on mine, and it's actually coming out pretty dope. So you still have time to be able to get your project in. Remember, it's an alcohol display. It can be sitting, standing, or hanging. It has to be made of two or more materials, and that's all the requirements that you need. Use your imagination. Get creative with it, guys. I know you can do this. So if I were to use, let's say, wood and screws, those are two different materials. No. Okay. So fasteners don't count. I would say fasteners don't count. Okay. Damn. Because oh, by a lot, you're, you're, not really gonna, you're not going to see the screws and all that. And we gather fasteners are attaching it maybe to I it. Wanna, maybe I want to put the pocket screws on the outside instead of the inside. I mean, you could do yeah, that. I, if you it's know, cool aesthetic, go for it. You know, that's my aesthetic. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. But anyway, uh, getting back to where we were. Once again, yep. thanks sponsors. Thanks people for uh, donating and don't we got a lot of prizes though, don't we? Yeah, we have like seven or eight of them. I mean, actually, pretty much. The... And there's one that I'm like, oh, want... we... well, there's I'll... not going to be a winner because I want that. There's a lot of custom made items in there that are really nice. Uh, we do have a fifty dollar Amazon gift card that we're going to also put up. 
it, yeah, we have a lot of really cool things. Yeah. To, uh, can't, can't thank our, can't thank our friends enough. Exactly. Yeah. No, they've been awesome donating things to the, for prizes. It's been incredible. Definitely. Um, so you said a word earlier that, uh, I don't know what it means. What's that? <clears throat> I think, it, <clears throat> sorry. It's called a smallier, smealier. Somalier. Yes. And uh, ba basically that's the, uh, the wine as I can't speak wine expert. Ah, so, a sommelier. So someone is, uh, who is the sommelier has been certified, has a certification as a wine expert. They take a test, you know, they have to go over all the different varietals, uh, techniques and processes that go into making wine. Um, they know, the different varietals of different regions, you know, different techniques, such like that, you know, different flavors. They can tell, you know, a Chardonnay from California, California versus a Chardonnay from France because of different flavors and such. Um, and we could do, yeah, so do a whole different episode on that. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, I mean, we can go down a deep rabbit hole with all these subjects strictly and, and just culinary. Uh, but yeah, there's, that's a sommelier. You have a, uh, there's, there's now certain I, okay. as, as spirits, but there's for beers, it's called a, a Cicerone. Cicerone. Hmm. Yeah. Cicer, uh, Cicer, so Cicerone is the beer equivalent of a sommelier. They know all the different beers, yeast, um, right. types so that, of beers. So, so that's a French name. Because I know there's a yeah uh, the sommelier is a French term cicerone. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, because I know I, there's I, I know a couple would, of ciceros and they could they're they're uh, Italian, so just interesting. Um, Cicero, Are you drinking moonshine? No, this is water. Uh huh. Moonshine or is it vodka? No, it's water. It's, it went a little too hard in the first half. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so. anyway, so now that now that the actual show for uh, Philly cream cheese makes more sense. <laughs> uh oh, the Samirier, Samirier, and I'm like, Samirier, yeah, yeah it, it now it makes complete sense because I <laughs> guess I'm not that sophisticated to know what a Samirier was. So, Somal that, yeah, Samirier, Samirier. Very good. Interesting. And yeah, there, and there and there's certifications for every kind of alcohol out there. Um, people like have one for sake. They have one for whiskeys and spirits, um, beer, like we said, wine, sommelier. Um, so basically, there's expert certifications for basically every kind of thing out there. I mean, hell, I mean, I went to school for culinary, you know. And yep. you can have your certifications, master certifications in certain different fields. You know, we call our, uh, our, our expert in beer. What the dude, Bob, he's the Bob. guy that works. He's the guy that works at the, the quickie part, the quickie pack. <laughs> hey man, he has everything. He knows about every kind of beer there is. Nice. As long as it's Michelob <laughs> Miller or bud or bud or Coors, you know, and, you know the big four. Anything else? He's just like, yeah, I guess it tastes great. Yeah, that's the one thing weird about this state is uh, now they sell wine and beer in like Walmart, but before 
they had uh, state liquor stores. It's the only place you could buy liquor, and it's still the only place you can buy liquor. Yeah. But they had what they call package stores, and that's the only place you could buy beer. Hmm. Interesting. And not on a Sunday. Which is funny because um, from Pennsylvania, you guys have, if I remember correctly, you have Yingling there, and that is the oldest brewery in America. The oldest American brewery, yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a, it's our founding. It's a, it's what we're known for. Mm-hmm. Beer. Oh, they're actually yeah. moving a plant to closer to you, from what I know. I think they're building really? one. I think they're building one in Mississippi. Hmm. I mean, it's closer, but uh, yeah, the slightly. They're they're you know, closer to Pennsylvania. Yeah, so they're expanding. Um, True. What? You know, not hit. I'm not a beer. I used to be a beer drinker, but I wasn't a beer kind of sewer. Or a Cicerone. Or a Cicerone. Cicerone. That was close. No. No. Cicerone? I wasn't a Cicerone, so I mean, but... But I find beer strongly resembles, like, food culture, as in, like, every place, every region has their own beer. I mean, well, truly their own alcoholic beverage of many types, but beer usually is very extremely prevalent in, like, everywhere um every state has their own brewery and their own craft beers and like things that they really rally and get behind every country has their own um no matter what country that you go to they will have some kind of uh beer beverage there that is homemade local when i was in when i was in spain every city had their own brewery that was like really everyone was really passionate about and same thing with like uh japan everyone like every region had their own uh, beer so i thought that was really interesting like everyone kind of like really gets behind this beverage this alcoholic beverage and like because it strongly ties to the land because of the wheat the barley or the rice that they use and the hops and all these different ingredients that they have to grow from the land to be able to make this uh alcoholic cocktail essentially and it's it's really cool like how it all con- kind of comes together well pretty much that's uh pretty much all they ever had to drink for the for you know until um filtering it, we had a good filtering process or you came upon one of those streams that were you know crystal clear because they would rather drink <laughs> wine and beer than they would water. Safer. you're yeah, safer to safer. drink those because the alcohol has killed all the bacteria Little known fact. I know some things. Not much. Uh, certainly. Certainly. Definitely. But we were talking about steak, which is one of my favorite foods groups. Um, it's not a big group. We? we were. Back before the break. See, I, I do have a memory. Just sometimes it breaks. Uh, and we're talking about quality. Or, you know, is it a steak the same at, you know, Chris Ruth as it would be at the uh, Outback Steakhouse? And you said mm-hmm. definitely no. It's going to be a better quality at Ruth Chris. Well, so, I, let me let the caveat on that. Oh, so um, you don't want to get, you just want to get in trouble. Well, by and large, yeah, you may be buying a better quality steak for the most part at Ruth Chris because they can afford with the prices that they're charging and the amount of money that they make to buy a better quality steak but does that necessarily mean that this like hundred dollar steak is better than the twenty dollar steak that you get 
Not necessarily. I mean, unless your like palate is super refined and you can like taste all the different nuances, like between like, you know, house, like kept in like a, a herd and like one giant house versus like free range grass fed beef. Don't get me wrong. You can taste the difference, but like from the normal consumer, it's very hard to tell the difference. So it's all about really what's what what's they can afford, what, what, what you they, can afford, what the highest quality that they can afford exactly, and still make a profit, which I think you said that before. Yes. So now I do know that there are different quality of cattle. Yes. Um, you know, so the big beef producers in the Midwest and all that stuff, you know, they, their cattle pretty much taste the same. They're because mm-hmm. they're all ma- they're all fed the same, but um, you know, and it's I don't know, grass fed is probably more expensive than open range. Mm. You know, well, what I mean, because I mean, each cow I think needs an acre, her head or something like that. Um, something like that, it, but yeah, I mean, I say with like open range, even like they're being grass fed because they're on the range with fucking grass, but like. <laughs> So to me, it's kind of stupid, but but uh, they they feed them grain and like hay and all this other stuff, like whatever that whether they feed them, they feed them like a a feed mix, unlike the big you know bulk processing farms. Um, now it, it's funny that like grass fed is like the it thing and like more expensive because that's how we started. We started with just feeding the cow's grass and now and then we went to like this big uh processing way of like just feeding them like this giant feed mix and like just shoveling it into them and now we're back to grass fed and now all of a sudden like the original traditional heirloom way is now way more expensive than like this new found way that we thought that we found that was good but we actually preferred the traditional way and now that's more expensive i just find that hilarious yeah well it's all it's all advertising Mm. it's all it is you know i mean and yeah and yeah it is better for the cows it's better for the meat totally is not knocking that anything that's saying is actually wrong as far as like making it quality yeah grass-fed cows are extremely better quality than like the you know cows shoulder to shoulder just being you know eating this this grain mixture bulk generic feed yeah, totally makes a difference. But shouldn't we have just kept doing that instead of... No, nope, because away? people want to make... It's all about that mighty dollar, buddy. Exactly. Um, But I do remember a... And I do know... And I did... Re, okay. So, Ruth Chris mm-hmm. um, in Hawaii does have... I don't think it's exactly the the, the type of beef, but... They say it is. You can get Kobe beef at the one in Hawaii. Okay. And I, so I did some little research on Kobe beef and I was like, man, that's a lot of work for beef and that's got to be a really expensive steak. And so I'm like, and and, and what did you find out about Kobe beef? Because I I have a lot of feelings about this and I just want to see what you thought. Uh, well, the, what I found and read was basically Kobe beef is <laughs> one of the things I read. It was uh, they're herded by monks 
in you know japan i think that's japanese kobe yeah yes. in japan somewhere and you know these cows are pretty much giving a lavish lifestyle they get mm -hmm. daily massages and you know the best of care the best of food that they can get uh that kind of stuff and that's why they're that their meat is so tender because mm -hmm. they get massaged every day from you know hoof to hoof and hoof hoof to hoof hoof to hoof you know what i mean and i was like yeah i don't believe that shit all right so here's what the deal is with that with kobe with kobe beef i'm not saying there's anything wrong with kobe beef but kobe beef is nothing special and the reason why i say that is kobe beef is actually wagyu beef and wagyu beef like American Wagyu is a mix between American Black Angus and Japanese Brown Cattle. Gets you this very interesting hybrid. And then each prefecture, so Kobe is a prefecture in Japan. Think of it like a state. So <clears throat> this Japanese state makes their own cattle. And yes, they do get like this cattle in this prefecture gets treated very well. Like they're, they are massaged. They are less worked. They do have a wonderful diet, but every prefecture does this for their cattle, at least some percentage of their cattle. So you can get these wonderful steaks from this for like amazing deals and also for very expensive, but every this wonderful marveling in these cows and, you know, wonderful flavors and all that from Wagyu beef and Wagyu is what you want to look for. Kobe beef, Kobe is a prefecture in Japan. The cattle come from this prefecture, Kobe, and this cattle is Wagyu. So it is basically Kobe beef is just really great marketing of Kobe, of cattle that comes from Kobe, essentially. Yeah, it's just really great marketing. So Kobe beef is like the gray goose of vodka. Like Grey Goose is completely crap vodka, but it's been marketed so well. Slightly different where like Kobe is actually really good, but it's been marketed so well that it's like inflated the price like highly. Yeah, not so saying now not everybody, so you think that, you know, oh, they have Kobe beef. Well, mm -hmm. yes, you do. You, it can't, it comes from Kobe, but mm -hmm. it's not the same kind of beef you're thinking of. So they're not yeah. really lying to you. <laughs> They're not lying to you, but they're not also telling you all the truth. Right. So, like, I'm not saying, again, not saying that Kobe beef is not extremely good. Kobe beef is very prized for its its beef. Um, but they have whole competitions in Japan about, you know, every pre prefecture bringing their own cattle, like different farms from every prefecture, bringing their cattle and having it being uh, graded against everyone else. And Kobe doesn't always win. Miyagi actually like won a lot. Like, you know, this there's several there's several prefectures in Japan. There's it goes from like Okinawa to Hokkaido. There's a, a long, long line of people in this competition. So it's it's way more broad than people think about it. It's way bigger than people think. And with Wagyu, like we have American Wagyu here in the States. We have Yeah, I put it on my people, spaghetti. Yeah, pe people brought like um, Japanese cattle. I'm ignoring your joke, by the way. It was good. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. <laughs> so we have American Black English, like which is what they bred the Japanese cattle with. 
So vice versa, we brought Japanese cattle here and bred it with our Black Angus, and we have American Wagyu here. American, you know what the difference between Japanese Wagyu, Kobe beef, and American Wagyu? Where it was born. It's the exact same thing. We have well, if they crossbreed it, then it's actually not the same thing. It's half of what the beginning started out to be. But it was bred the same way over in Japan. American Black Angus with Japanese brown cattle over in Japan. So we brought brown cattle from Japan over to here and bred it with our American Black Angus. And guess what? We get the same thing, Steve. Interesting. It's, a, it's the same breeding. We have the same thing here. And we have farms that treat them the exact same way. And we have these cattle. We have these steaks with beautiful marbling, wonderful flavor. It's the same thing. Okay. Touchy subject, but we'll move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, get, <laughs> I know. I get yeah, you. I, I get, hey, I get you're passionate. You're passionate, passionate about it. I just, I just find it very interesting about like how people, about marketing and hyping up these certain certain things without really understanding like the depths of which to it all goes and well, it was just that's, that that's, that's by and large that people don't really care and really want to know well let's put it this way when i was growing up and it, i think it fed into your generation it was all about the egg eggs were bad eggs are good eggs are bad eggs were good eggs were bad mm -hmm. that's it. white egg, eggs are bad brown eggs, eggs are good are good well only eat the yolk uh no only only eat the whites uh, uh it's all bullshit you know uh, because it was like oh they're you know high in cholesterol well so were shellfish <coughs> you know but you have to eat a lot of shellfish and and i i think well, you don't have to well i mean i think there's more cholesterol in shellfish than there are in a dozen eggs i could be wrong but uh, i think I, I, I think you're wrong there but like also eggs have like a complete all the complete amino acids. So they're highly more nutritious uh, in one sense than say just like eating one shrimp. Right. Although I would rather have crab, but shrimp are good too. So anyway, anyway, so what I was going to say is what I'm about to say mm -hmm. is, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to go with three outrageous, um, in-betweens or uh, extremes that's what i'm looking for okay okay um let's go with giant or uh, let's go with walmart okay um mm -hmm. your local chain food grocery store like uh, up here ours is giant uh okay. where i was in tennessee it was food city mm -hmm. you know i don't know where what it is where you are but there you there's a local it may not be just local to your state, but to the area, but right. it's not nationwide like Walmart. And then you have the local butcher. Right. I, I, I already know the, I'm pretty sure I already know the answer that the butcher is probably the best cut. But between those three, what are, what are the differences? Because uh, um, you're going to pay more from the butcher. You're yeah. going to pay more at Giant than you are at Walmart. But my always question was, is Walmart beef or chicken or different than, you know, the your local, you know, grocery store chain? Or, is it, uh, or does it go back to that whole thing? 
they buy the best quality they can for this price. It goes back to that, but also it's um, the big companies like Walmart and stuff like that. They've worked out a deal with a lot of these brands and products that they get right. because they are a nationwide store. They can negotiate a lower price so that you don't pay as large a price at you know at their at their stores just because they know they're going to sell they're still going to sell a million units across the entire nation within six months say like just as a ballpark Ballpark totally wrong numbers but like they're guaranteed to sell at least a million units of whatever they're buying no matter what because of the range that they have right versus like local grocery store slightly less reach you know they can only reach within their area right and then local butcher store they gotta buy it you know buy it the product uh, at probably a much higher price you have these artisans that are probably breaking they're probably buying like whole pieces and breaking it down themselves which is it's cheaper to buy the whole piece and break it down themselves but for the price that you're paying for that you're paying for that butcher to know the pieces that he's cutting down being able to break it down properly wrap it ensure the quality of it and then get it out to you so you're paying for way more skill and the craftsmanship at the local butcher store and the local store versus the local grocery store chain thing area grocery store versus Walmart, which there's not much. It's way more automated, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. So they could be all the same. They can all be from the let's say just for safe net. They could all be from the same herd. Mm-hmm. But because Walmart buys more from this far, this cattle farmer who actually has more than one herd, maybe, and then the local grocery store gets it usually from a local local areas, right. not they you know not that what they call they call what it big beef, and then the butcher actually probably gets it from the local farmer down the, down the street. You know he's got to sell a couple of cows and. Yeah, and that's going to cost more, unfortunately. I mean, truthfully, but is the quality uh, is the quality of beef from local to the butcher? Is there really any difference? By and large, when you buy local, it's probably going to be better, uh, just because there's less hands touching the product. And I mean, you'll probably know right away if it's going to be bad quality or not. Most of the time local artisans take a lot of pride in what they do. So you're going to more likely than not end up with a quality product. Whereas like big bulk items, uh, bulk buyers and sellers, it's going to be less quality because you're not really too worried about like having the top, top quality because of the, just the sheer amount that they're going to sell. It's kind of like the, this is really sad and it's unfortunately it's true. Uh, it's kind of like the auto industry. Um, instead of recall, they, they've done this before. Instead of recalling, mm-hmm. they they considered an acceptable loss, where it's actually cheaper for them to pay the death benefits mm-hmm. than to 
pay in a, who pay to recall upgrade, the cars, yeah. recall all the cars. So they that's an acceptable loss. So it's kind of in a roundabout way, kind of the same thing you're talking about. The, yeah, like yeah. Walmart. Walmart's exp- Walmart is just like, well, if we lose a couple people here, we're going to gain over here. If we get you know bad quality over here, we'll we'll get them back on this. We'll get them back on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, but kind yeah. of the same thing. Yeah. But I do know that uh, I can guarantee you, local caught fish and shrimp and crab and all that, mm-hmm. definitely better than anything that that is what flash frozen iqf yeah individually quick frozen yeah yeah um yeah totally well because it hasn't gone through that freezing process Process. like you're naturally you're naturally gonna lose something in that process i mean it has to happen for some people because they just you can't transport the product any other way so that's gonna happen um yeah i I made i mean it's it's always better to buy local if not for anything, you're just supporting your, your local, local community, your local community, local artisans, people that are there working hard, have to actually do all the physical label that you can enjoy. Like they're doing all the work so that you can just you're helping enjoy. out your neighbors is basically what it is. Exactly. Would you rather, support, do you want to help yeah. out your neighbors or you want to help out big beef? Exactly. Like, so I always say like, just, Go local whenever you can. I know it's not always feasible financially, um, but whenever you can feasibly do it, like always try and support local. It just it just helps so yeah. much. I mean, keeps it's, them around. It's pretty much also the same way with vegetables. If you grow your own, and I've experienced this, you grow your own. They taste better than anything you could buy in the store. Oh yeah, I couldn't believe it. I had a carrot that was like four inches long I, I don't know how to plant it so it basically became a knot of carrots because i didn't thin them out like you're supposed to and i got a knot of carrots and uh so i cut them up as much as i could and i you know cleaned it off threw it in my mouth that was the most carrot tasting carrot i ever had in my life mm-hmm. and i was the the peppers that i got were the hottest peppers that i ever ate but they were sweet it was just amazing that, uh, you know, homegrown stuff tastes pretty good. Oh, yeah. Always. Homegrown, uh, locally grown is always way better. Oh, yeah. I like that. Well, my friend, I think we're running a little bit uh, shy on time. So we got to get to uh, my Segway game is on point tonight. Oh, yeah, truly. You know, just want to we, point that and out. We, and we said this is going to be a short episode. Well, you kept talking, so. You kept asking questions, so it's your fault. Uh, beg, beg to agree that we differ in our opinions <laughs> of whose fault it is. It's your fault. Fine. If you want to go back that far. I still want to call it. Fine. Still saying you started this podcast. That's why it's your fault. If you would have never started this podcast, you would have never been your fault. You interviewing me today was your idea. It really was, because you are an interesting person. (laughs) Contrary to what I think of you most of the time. (laughs) But I I mean, it's a little little dive into the the behind the scenes of Jacob, behind the maker. Who? Behind the maker. Behind the maker, yes. I think I just found, that's it. That is the title for this show, Behind the Maker. I probably, yeah. I'm probably copywriting, over-copywriting somebody. Might be. 
but you know, inside the maker studio. Yeah. Hmm, James, uh, let them eat your heart out. I love that show, by the way. How about the, no, I was going to say behind the Jacob, but that doesn't sound good. No, let's not do that. So do you want, do you have one last question or do you want to? No, no, no. Let's go to some shout outs uh, because uh, like I said, uh, I've talked to you enough and I want to go to sleep. No. All right. I forgot to take my medicine. Anyway. Uh, Shall shall I lead or should you? Oh, we always let our guests go first. So uh, being Uh, as you're a guest today, you may go first. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So, So the maker that I'm putting into the spotlight today is called total panarchy so she has a youtube channel and an instagram total pan archy like p-a-n like the right, thing so you're like, cooking like p-a-m <laughs> M- a- okay p-a-m a-r-c-h-y panarchy like panarchy oh okay well oh, after last week's fiasco with the your maker shout out. I'm like, you're going to have to spell these people. Cause I mean, they're all, they're all cool names, but you know, that, that Southern accent you have sometimes. Oh, my Southern accent. Yeah. It's not my Southern accent, but yeah. So, uh, her name is Pam and she does, I'm, I'm going through her Instagram feed now and she does some really cool stuff. Like she does like a lot of knitted stuff. She's done some woodworking, like some, she's done some custom made notebooks. She's done like a lightsaber. Um, <clears throat> she's done like the super Mario brothers, like the question mark box, like as a book, as a book cover, which is really cool. Came out really nice. And she just deserves a lot more love than she's gotten i mean she's only got 54 followers and only 100 subscribers which i think is criminal to the level like she's been doing this for nine months so granted not that long but she just has a really fun personality she does these really fun projects and it they're just nice they're just nice to watch and i enjoy them like the first one that i watched was her easy and fun mario question mark notebook and she did this really simply and in a way that even I thought that I could be able to do it. And that's what I enjoy. Like, and uh, another one of hers that I watched was the uh, Minecraft planter out of scrap wood that came out really nice. And it's all like different one inch cubes of wood that she cut and glued back together to make it like pixelated. And it's really, it came out really good. And so I, I enjoy her, uh, her work. I think she deserves a like, a follow, a subscribe, and, you know, just everyone kind of give her a little bit more love that she deserves. So that's my shout out for the week. It won't let me in. Pam Arkey. Total Pam Arkey. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, she does some nice stuff. And she does her own photography. She does that well, too. Yeah, she does a really good job. She, this isn't her first time. She, she's done this before. And if she hasn't, she's got a gift. Well, well, we'll have to. Uh, we'll have, oh, to, yeah. ask we'll her have to have her on because, uh, you know, we got to get her. Uh, you know. Got to get her. Got to get her feedback. Got to see what the deal is. I mean, she's yeah. got a really cute dog too. Yeah, I saw that. 
Nitro. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I'm looking at here, but okay. I'll, we'll ask her on the We'll ask her when we get her on the show. Go ahead. Start typing it out. Oh, I already like her because she likes Star Wars and Star Trek. Yep. Definitely coming on the show. Yep. She's in. <laughs> Pam, you've made the cut. Congratulations. Yep. She's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> we don't even know who you are. So we'll get to know each other. That's what I, I love about this show. We get to pull brand new people in and they're like, why do you want to interview me? It's kind of like uh, the, you know, Vincent and Ethan story. Why do you want to interview me? Exactly. You know, um, so you're sham, you're sham, you're sham out. Sham out. <clears throat> sham out. Sham nice. out. Whoop, whoop. Anyway, so my shout out for today, for this week, is our good buddy uh, Emmett yep. over at Dead Rise Woodcraft. He uh, he sent us shirts for no reason. He sent he sent me shit. <laughs> he so, sent us both shit. He did. Oh, okay. Huh. Somebody still yep. needs to send me some stuff. But we won't yeah. go there. Yes, we won't. No, but yeah, I got that uh, just in the mail the other day. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then uh, I I have to say that uh, Emmett's. Uh, Mail game, on point. Yes, it is. You know, yeah, because it is a uh, screen printing is on point too. That's a pretty good screen print. So if I had a if I had a laser cutter, I'd probably try my hand at screen printing my logo. <laughs> yeah, it must be nice. Said if I had, but anyway, but yeah, his like, uh, his his uh. Yeah, no, his shirt. I was wearing his shirt uh, all day today in the shop, and it's really comfortable. Sure, you were. Uh, mm -hmm. I was. Sure, you I was. were. I have, okay. I have. I have. I have proof. Okay, so now see this. is What happens, everybody? You have to go to Jacob's, you know, Instagram, Instagram page, yeah, so you, you can make sure that he's not lying. Exactly. See proof, what I did there, man? Uh, I'm helping you out. Uh huh. <laughs> You're like, uh huh. See, I know. I was, I, I was trying to make up for my segue game. Hey, I mean, it wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't too bad. No, it's, that one was freaking awesome. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, so Emmett, thanks a lot for the shirts, buddy. We appreciate that, and we appreciate you coming on the show. We're gonna have to have him back on the show. Yes, cool. for sure. And cool. also, cool. he's he's doing the um, the chessboard collaboration. Uh, I know a lot of our friends have already made their chess pieces, and <clears throat> we might have. I might know the person that's making the board. Um, just throwing that out there. It might be someone close, close to me, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, that needs to be made, but I have it on uh inside note that it's going to get to fairly soon, but everyone else is doing like, they're doing their pieces and they're coming out. Awesome. Like Jeff just did his night piece, which was really cool. Vincent and Ethan did theirs. Austin did his queen. Uh, so many people are already getting in on it. It's getting, coming out awesome. I'm really excited to see how they all stack up together. Well, it sounds like a, another shout out you just did. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and he's he's gonna get all the pieces and donate everything to charity. So, I mean, you can't go better than that. He's gonna donate each piece individually. <laughs> no, he's gonna sell the whole set and donate it That's to a local oh, okay. LGBTQ uh, charity. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So who Emmett. is it? Emmett at Dead Rise Woodcraft. All right, just making sure. Okay, I'm just making sure you knew. Well, just making sure our... Yeah, you were making sure I knew. Yeah. 
So, all right, buddy. Yeah, since we um we already heard how I met my girlfriend, there's I guess we just I guess we just leave. Pretty much because I don't have a girlfriend. Yeah. And if I did, uh, and if it's a person that, okay, let's put it this way: the closest that I have to one right now is your dog. He's not my dog. <laughs> the closest one I have right now, we went to high school together, so there was. That's it. That's the closest thing do I have to a girlfriend. So there's just no story. I was going to say your dog again, but I'd be damned if like I could find a dog that lived past 30 years. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm surprised I, I made it past 35 years. And you better watch it or you're not going to make it past 35 years. <laughs> I know people. Yeah, what are you going to do? Huh? I said I know people. I'm not going to do shit. You, you don't know anyone. I know people. Who do you know? Man, I'm a third Italian. I know people. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you better watch it, man. <laughs> I'm so scared. I Anyways. would be too if I knew that I was lying. Yeah, you sound <laughs> you 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 sound so convinced of yourself right now. Um, should I take us home? Yeah, make, make this go away. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, where can everyone find you at? Uh, Wolf Woodwork, <clears throat> Wolf Woodworking Creations, uh, on Instagram and Facebook and on YouTube. Nice. You can find me at Native Sun Woodart on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Also, I have a Patreon, Buy Me a Coffee, and a Spring account. So you can find me at all those places. So here at Makers Figuring It Out, it is our mission to educate, motivate, and inspire. And we hope we've done that for you today. So this is Steve and Jacob reminding you to keep learning, keep being motivated, keep getting inspired, and to keep figuring it figuring out. It out. And we'll see you guys next time. God, that was sad. What's wrong with you? Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying not to laugh through the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why I was laughing, but it was funny. It was funny. I don't know.